0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpsin, sitting down with Keith Myers, here to talk the Carolina Panthers visiting the Seattle Seahawks game on Sunday. Uh, Seattle is 7-5, and five. the Panthers are not. Um, this is a game that we should take, but we're here to talk about it and find out if we will take it. So welcome in, Keith.
1: Yeah. Um you know, three weeks ago or a month ago, I would have said this was, this, is this is a blowout, but, uh, the last three games have not, um, generated a lot of, uh, confidence, confidence. <laughs> That's the word. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not looking at Seattle right now and feeling, yeah, they're just going to dominate the teams. They should because they haven't. And even last week they won, but they beat a JV team that the Rams sent out there. And, uh, didn't look great doing it so it's yeah we'll see what happens
0: yeah you know we were on another uh podcast here this week uh the field goals podcast with Daniel gorman and uh i talked about uh why i gave them a a b minus grade overall on the season Mm -hmm. you were a little bit more optimistic and i was like well i am now i'm bought into this team now this team's shown me that they're for real they're they're a contender they want to play they want to get into playoffs let's take them seriously so if i'm going to take them seriously i've got to say okay i'm going to throw out my earlier expectations uh, before the season and now my expectations are you're going to be good and and you need to show up every week and so i'm a little disappointed and you mentioned the last three games the running game that's what it's really all about can we defend the run and can we run the ball when we have the ball on offense and we haven't been able to do either of those things consistently for three straight games. Now we won that game against the Rams because Geno Smith had a spectacular game and our wide receivers came through big time. Um, and Gino made that last second touchdown throw. If he wouldn't have made that throw, we wouldn't have been able to be successful. Um, we don't win that game. And so yeah. that's how close it's been. So I'm, I'm anxious to kind of get into this game and, and see where we're at. Now the Panthers do have some uh some good players and they present some challenges in a couple different spots. Um, primarily along their defensive line. Uh they're they're pretty good on a couple different positions. And then uh they've got a defensive back I really like and JC Horn that's also really good. for Brian Burns on the edge, uh the edge rusher and Derek Brown, the defensive tackle they got seventh overall pick in 2020, is is the real deal A defensive tackle, is probably a top five defensive tackle in the league. Most people kind of don't know him he's not you know upper echelon but he's right there and brian burns is you know been top 10 uh, edge rusher now since he's been in the league um with uh, tied for ninth in sacks overall since he's been in the league with 35 and a half and uh 17 quarterback hits this year
1: yeah and uh i mean overall like there there's there's some talent on this defensive side um You know shaq thompson xavier woods there's some some names that people will recognize even if they haven't been a great defensive team overall uh the individual talent is there in places and that's the kind of thing that you know guys will show up uh suddenly and and play you know kind of above what you what you've seen throughout the um you know the season up to this point and really you know kind of make an impact and and the six going to be wary of, you know, some of these guys because they have a chance to come in and, and just completely change uh, the game plan.
0: Yeah. You know, it will be interesting to see what happens with our running back room. Um, haven't heard any word yet as of recording, whether or not Walker's uh, practicing or, or what his status is and DJ Dallas the same. I understand Homer's trying to come back um, after an illness and a little knee injury. It uh, looks like he's going to be ready to go. Uh, if we can get Dallas back and 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 somewhat healthy for this game, that would be a big help. And then, of course, Ken Walker would be outstanding. Yep. But I'm not both, expecting that.
1: Both Dallas and Walker did not practice today, so
0: and that doesn't yeah. surprise me. But it would be i I would be curious to know if if they're going to plan on playing Walker um, mm-hmm. if, if he's available. I would. I, I would. I mean, if he says he's ready to go and he's ready to go and they're putting pressure on it and he's able to make his cuts, I would play him. But uh, just because now we're into the heart of the season, into December, playoffs are on the line, you got to play your best players. And, and if he's ready to go, even 80%, I think it's better than, than sitting him. I don't know. Maybe if you sit him a week, that's fine. But um, on And then in the air you know, one of the battles I'm going to be looking at too is that CJ Henderson and um, JC Horn battle against DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Um, I think that we've got the advantage there um, because I, CJ Henderson, while he's been a first round pick in 2020, he's been abysmal as far as a cornerback in the league is concerned. Not nearly as good as JC Horn. JC Horn's probably a top six or seven, maybe eight corner in the league. And it's going to give DK Metcalf a few problems when they're matched up but I would expect over the long haul in this game Seattle is able to score points and take advantage of those matchups
1: yeah I expect um, Seattle to put up some points too because even when the running game hasn't worked for Seattle they still put up points uh, you know Gino and the and the receivers have, have done what they needed to do to make that happen uh, problem is Keeping the defense off the field, you know, sustaining drives. Uh, They need the running game for that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, we'll see, but they'll be able to score some points. They'll be able to get the ball downfield. I'm not that concerned about the offense in this one.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, How about like Sam Darnold and Dante uh, Foreman and uh, Chuba Hubbard, their running backs and, and quarterback Sam Darnold? Um, their running game scares me a little bit only in the fact that we haven't been able to stop the run for a while. And they mm-hmm. have been able to run, um, you know, in their last four games against the Broncos and Falcons, they rushed for a combined 417 yards on 93 attempts, but against the Bengals and the Ravens, they only rushed for hundred yards on 35 attempts combined. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're just kind of night and day depending on the opponent. But here we are with the Seattle Seahawks ranked like twenty sixth, 27th in the league against the run um and what we've seen the last three weeks they've got to be able to correct that um so that we can get off the field otherwise they're just going to kind of go down the field and convert third downs and and make life a little hard for seattle especially you know we want to be able to have the ball into gino's hands and if, if they've got the ball if they've got control of the clock we're just not able to do that
1: yeah um, so the second leading rusher on Carolina is Christian McCaffrey, a guy who hasn't been on the team for six weeks. That's funny. Um, yeah, that's funny. and Donta Foreman, you know, is only about 150 yards ahead of him. Um, despite having, you know, 60 more, uh, no, 40, uh, more rushing attempts. So. Uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting that they've been able to run it. You look at their averages; their averages are pretty good. Even Shabba Hubbard's um, four point three yards per carry, but there's just not a lot of yards here um, overall mm-hmm. through it. The part about their offense, which would it would scare me if I was a fan of that team, is just they don't have a quarterback. Um, Baker Mayfield was terrible. Uh, Phillip Walker wasn't much better. Sam Darnold's now playing. He, we've seen him fail in a couple different situations. He's completing 58% of his passes for 164 yards per game um, when he starts. Uh, it's just, And he's only got one touchdown. So um, it, there's just not a lot going on there uh, in their yeah. passing game at all.
0: DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. They offer same-game parlays, easy and fast payouts, and player prop options. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out right now. Everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets, like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, place a $5 bet on any team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, their offense is middling. I mean, they're ranked 25th in points, 29th in yards. Yards per play is at, at 22nd. Their third down conversion rate is almost dead last. And, mm-hmm. and um, their red zone, their conversion rate is is uh, 20th in the league. Uh, they're a better rushing team um, than advertised, but they play from behind a lot. And so mm-hmm. they, they want to put the ball in Sam Donner's hands. He's only about a 55% completion percentage kind of guy. And that they just don't get it done, you know. So they turn the ball over. They press a little bit. They they um, play one-dimensional football after they fall behind. Take that rushing game out of the equation, and that's the formula to beat this team. And I expect Seattle to be able to do that. This is a playoff team. They're seven and five. They have aspirations. This is at home. Uh, this is a team that that you need to beat, and they they do have key advantages both on offense and defense against this team, and. That's what I'm expecting. Um, you know, you can go across the board on Seattle's offense. We're basically better at every single category um, than the Panther, Panthers defense. The Panthers defense is, you know, ranked 16 to 20 in almost all statistical categories, whereas Seattle's top 10 overall. So I expect them to press that advantage and and score points in this game, even if we have a diminished running game. Um, and then on the other side, um, th- their offense is just not that efficient. It's just not that good. And mm-hmm. so I do expect Seattle to be able to kind of get right in this game. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm not seeing a, a close game, but anything can happen in the NFL.
1: Yeah. Um, their second leading receiver is Christian McCaffrey, who hasn't <laughs> been on the roster in like six weeks. Um <laughs> <laughs> that's great, but DJ well, he, Moore is, is,
0: is, a, is, a, is a challenge. I mean, DJ yeah, Moore DJ, is going to make DJ some plays Moore's for a good them, player. but there's really nobody else that you've got to uh, pay
1: attention to. Mm-hmm. DJ Moore is a good player. He's having a, he's having a decent year, uh, even without you know, even with a lackluster quarterback play. Uh, he's got 46 receptions for 605 yards, uh, four touchdowns. But the number two receiver on the team that's still here. Terrence Marshall has a total of 18 receptions.
0: Yeah, and then they've got a couple of guys that I really like out of the slot, actually. Slaviska, uh, Chenault, um, and then uh, Shay Smith. uh, Both were um, wide receiver options that we both looked at in the draft and and liked Mm -hmm. at a certain point, Uh, but they just really haven't developed, and and you're not going to develop those players if you don't have a quarterback. And that's certainly the issue with the Panthers, and that's why they're going to be, probably looking strongly at a quarterback in the NFL draft. Um,
1: but yeah, that's why I'm looking at at this. The game plan for Seattle's defense is going to be uh, double team DJ Moore and commit extra bodies to stopping the run. Yes. Do those two things. And I think you can shut this defense or this offense so down. So what do you think? They just about- don't have a lot else going on.
0: What do you think about Ryan Neal not being available possibly in this game? That seems like that would be the biggest
1: Well, yeah, concern. because it, it to me it's a concern, not just because, uh, you know, losing him because he's been good, but also the fact that um, Josh Jones, who would be his backup, is also on injured reserve now, um, along with uh, Jamal Adams. And so you look at...
0: So now we're down to Jonathan Abrams, which we just signed on to the team. This last week off waivers,
1: yeah, and a guy on um uh, from the practice squad, um, what is it, Tabor? Yeah, T's uh, Tabor, and, and so and he's I more expect, of a free
0: safety type.
1: I expect T's Tabor. Well, the, he is more of a free safety type. I expect if if he's on the field, which he probably will be, um, in this game, if Ryan Neal can't play, hell, he'll probably be on this field even if Ryan Neal does play, because they like to go three safeties at times. Um, they'll probably bring Quandre Diggs up. Because yeah, did, or they'll
0: play a, a fourth corner. You know, yeah. they've got Trey Brown available now.
1: Yep. They did They did that last year when, at the end of the year, they brought um, they brought Quandary Diggs up to play strong safety. And uh, so they, a, that might be a thing. This do may again. be a
0: game where Cody Barton takes like 90% of the snaps too. Um, yeah. You know, it is, whatever you think about Cody Barton, He's probably the best option Seattle has as far as filling the box um, mm-hmm. and making plays close to the, to the line of scrimmage compared to having you know five defensive backs on the field. I don't know. We need to have five defensive backs on the field in this game, but we do need more players in the box. And Cody Barton's you know not not bad. He's not horrible. He's not he's not quite league average, but he's not dead last either. So
1: yeah, I think he's about league average. But yeah, I mean he's he's definitely not. Uh, a world beater uh there so but you're right that might be the best option simply because you've only got to really worry about one receiver but mainly you have to worry about the running game and so you're gonna bring you're gonna want guys up near the line of scrimmage not extra defensive backs you want guys that can fill holes and tackle right
0: that's what i mean i would certainly start the game that way now to counter that we may see them come out and, and try to throw the ball around a little bit. Um, I think that would be a mistake. I think that Darnold's uh, prone to some mistakes. Also, it's an inefficient way to run your offense when when you have the kind of offense that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to try to take advantage of, of the skill set that they they do have, and that's Dante Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. Um, those guys are, are legit. I mean, those guys can run the ball effectively. Um and i i do expect them to kind of press that but i would think seattle would do everything that they could to slow down the run in this game and and i'm I, i'm very curious to see if seattle can actually do it um it would give me hope actually because this is a mm-hmm. decent running team um and so it would give me hope in, into the uh, you know the remainder of the season if they could try to solve that and and they did for four weeks and I'm not exactly sure what's happened in the last three weeks. Uh, we've talked about some scheme things that, that have been going on and so forth. I co- don't quite understand why they would try to go back to what wasn't working originally um, as a mid-season experiment when they're clearly a good team trying to fight to get into the playoffs. That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Um, on the other side of the ball, there is one thing that, that concerns me a little bit, and that's going to be Brian Burns coming off the edge. Guy's already got 10 sacks here. Um, And yeah. the the CX have had some big games against them by elite pass rushers. And, you know, this looks like a possibility for another one. Hopefully uh, they don't just leave the rookies on an island and they give him some help um, from time to time. But he has a chance to, to really make things hard on, on Gino. Other than that, I don't see, honestly, yeah, I just don't see that I mean, much there for them. Yeah,
0: that player, and scheme-wise, they like to blitz. So they'll blitz. Uh, they they lead the league in blitz uh, percentage uh, at between 35 and 40% and, of the time. And so I expect them to blitz. I expect them to stunt. I think that our, D, our interior offensive line is going to be challenged in this game, not necessarily by Derek Brown, although – that's possible, especially if they isolate him and decide to double Brian Burns. But if they stunt Brian uh, work him uh, outside in, uh, that could also be something to watch. Um, and I'm not exactly sure what to expect there because our offensive line has been kind of, especially down the stretch, our offensive tackles have struggled a little bit, especially against some speed rushers and late in games, wearing down a little bit. Now, some of that may have been illness attributed to this last week and a half or so illness has been kind of going around in that locker room. I know Abe Lucas was sick prior to that last game and we saw him kind of get taken advantage of a little bit there. So that'll be definitely something to watch.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if, if there's the Seahawks are struggling to get the ball um, moving on the ground, you know, I hope we see maybe some uh, Jake Curran come in and, at right guard and just give him some more road grading that can happen there.
0: He's been a healthy scratch. So, I mean, if he's a healthy scratch going into this game, that's not even an option. So I don't even, I, I but
1: there's a a lot of guys that are out with injuries. So there's the number of healthy scratches should be less. Um, I mean, I get it. Like, you know, they've got um, Haynes that can play uh, the guard spots. They need a backup center and Forsyth plays both tackle spots. So he can be the, be the backup tackle on game day, but you know, Curran offers you the highest ceiling in terms of play out of that group, even if he's limited to just right tackle and right guard.
0: But the coaches coaching staff and Andy Dickerson's a great coach and you know that he's a mm-hmm. great position coach. Have, he has not convinced Andy Dickerson that he's beaten out Haynes for that guard spot. If, if he is in fact an interior blocker, and the team doesn't view him that
1: way apparently well, he, he he'll never beat haynes out for the left guard spot because he doesn't practice there he doesn't play there he's a right side only um you know so far with this team and that's why haynes is is always active and kern's not is that it gives them uh haynes gives them more versatility because he can play either side so if either guard goes down uh, he can slide in where if they
0: decide to keep another lineman on the active roster on game day. What player would you sacrifice to do that? Like an LJ Collier, something like that.
1: No, nah, not against a, a running team. Um, <sighs>
0: defensive back. Like,
1: yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe um, one of the. It's like, I, to... I was thinking like, like, Coleman. Yeah, Justin Coleman's a guy that, that he doesn't really play anymore. Um, and he's he wouldn't been, play
0: in this game.
1: Yeah, because they they're not going to go with you know um, six defensive backs a lot. And even if they do, they've got uh, Trey Brown back and ready to play. So I think getting – Justin Coleman will have a hard time getting on the field. And so getting a, an extra offensive lineman on there, uh, one that they can sub in and – get the running game going if they have to, would be useful. It would be useful. More useful yeah. than, than a, a defensive back that's not going to play when you're playing a team that runs the ball and can't throw it.
0: I would like to see this before the end of the season to see if we're right. Because if he comes in and he plays well and they start interior blocking really well, we're able to run through the tackles, we're pushing piles. And Jake Curran's in there and he's instrumental in that. I would like to see some vindication for you and I, cause we've been talking about it for like 10 weeks.
1: We've seen it once. We saw it once. Um, he came in for about a half because of some injuries and it looked really ugly for the first like three or four plays cause he really struggled. But once he got going, once he got kind of warmed up and in there uh, it looked really good, but we've only like said, we've only seen it for one half. And so it, at some point it's gotta happen.
0: So, I'm going to ask you this question and then we can get to some predictions. What do we need to do on the other side of the ball to defend the run? Like in this game,
1: Uh, guys got to do their job more than anything. We can't have Bruce Irvin crashing inside when the run's going outside. He's got to stay outside, set the edge, do his job. Uh, He did that really well when the defense was playing well. And the last couple of weeks he's been kind of freelancing and it has Bit the team pretty hard um you know uh taylor does the same thing and it's also been a problem um uh, they've they've got to go through and just fill their lanes like they're supposed to and i want to see our front three attack no more of this two gapping stuff it's not working if if they're going to going to take people and just go straight at our at our middle linebackers to block them and not even try to double-team up front, um, then get into a gap and attack. Get upfield, make the running back moves um, you know, out of his uh, lane before he even gets to the line of scrimmage. That's the type of stuff that we, we were seeing there for a bit, and now we're not seeing anymore.
0: So apparently in this Rams game, They had been leaving the C-gap unoccupied, and the C-gap is in between the tackle and the tight end.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And that's kind of a Bruce Irvin spot, typically, which means Bruce has been sliding in a little bit and leaving that outside edge. So so anyway, what they did is they, they solved that after like three or four, not three or four series, but three or four run plays, they knew this was a problem and they and they solved that because i think what what that was requiring was a guy like tariq woolen to come up and fill that Mm -hmm. or or a guy that's normally playing back you know uh safety and um so it was allowing people to get four or five yards before they were even getting touched and so i don't i think some of this is scheme stuff too where they're just kind of experimenting or they're trying to put players in position to be successful but it's not really working and they're having some communication issues and, and um I, I expect more out of this coaching staff clint hurt's been on the, on the staff for a while now he's a defensive coordinator but he's been in this system before you've got sean desai carl scott those guys are really smart plus you know pete carroll and so i'm not exactly sure because of that that the, they're they continue to kind of try to fill this thing out it, it it must just be that we just don't have the personnel to fit what they really want to do and so they're just having to kind of
1: well that's was that the case because what they really want to do is the two gap up front um where the front three eat blocks and you know kind of um stack players on the interior two gaps so they can get to either to the gap on either side of them um and leave our blind backers to attack, but they're not, the guys aren't doing it. Um, they're Shelby Harris and Quentin Jefferson. Those guys are guys that, that uh, knife into gaps themselves. They're not, they're not built for two gapping. And so they, don't have, the per- they don't have the personnel that they, that they, to do what they want to do, but what they need to do is what our, their personnel does best. Going back to two gapping is just, yes. it's been a mistake and it hasn't worked.
0: Yes, agree. Okay. Um, we're gonna we're gonna get out of here. So let's let's have a little bit of a prediction thing. Uh what are you feeling?
1: I'm feeling like this game um kind of be is a is a bit of a schlag first half, but then Seattle just pulls away in the second half. That uh Carolina just can't keep up once Seattle gets their offense going. Um I've got the, the Seahawks win in this one um 16
0: Interesting. Yeah, I've got this thing at like twenty seven fourteen same sort of deal um but i I, in fact we could probably run away with this thing and if if that happens we score into the 30s and and they're still scoring you know 14 17 points something like that i don't see them scoring more than 20. um so that would be a real surprise to me i think uh, seattle's has a hard time not scoring at least 20. um they're just built to score points and so i think that you'll see Seattle pull away I mm-hmm. Um and, and they win this thing 27 33 34 to 14 17 something like that yep
1: right wow, so you got a blowout on here yeah I, th- I
0: I see a two score game here I really yeah. do I think that we're just a better team we're a better team and I think that it's time it's it's now you know mid-December it's time to start winning games and, and really playing well and getting this thing together and giving ourselves a chance to to get to the playoffs and and win, you've got to win games like this because you've got two really hard games coming up. San Francisco 49ers and Kansas City Chiefs are going to be extremely difficult to win. They're they're not even toss up games. Those are games that are going to be heavily favored by those other teams.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
0: you've got to get every game that that you're supposed to win down the stretch. And this is one of them. True story. All right, we're out of here. Go enjoy the game. Enjoy the game, everyone. Have a great time. We'll see you back here afterwards for a recap show. So make sure you look for us right after the game, probably within, uh, you know, an hour or so we'll post that. uh, And we might even do it live. I don't know. We haven't talked about it yet, but we'll figure it out. You can find Keith on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter and the show. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform. Just look us up Seahawks Playbook Podcast. And uh, YouTube, we're on YouTube. We have our own channel. We're on three times a week. If you can hit that subscribe button, that would really help. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at MyersNFL. And the show is at HawksPlaybook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.
1: Podcast Network.